0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: In 2016, when the island of Haiti was hit with a Category 4 hurricane, the devastation was widespread on an already impoverished nation. That's where Dr. Ryan Shelby came in. As a Foreign Service Engineering Officer for the U.S. Agency for International Development, he worked with other federal agencies and local Haitian officials to establish the Build Back Safer 2 initiative. It supports reconstruction efforts while also ensuring the island's infrastructure is strong enough to withstand future storms. The program also earned him a nomination in this year's Service to America medals. For more, Federal News Network's Eric White spoke with Shelby.
0: So I was assigned by my supervisor in DC to go to the mission in Haiti because Haiti has a large infrastructure portfolio and they had a desperate need for engineers to come down there and help with a lot of their project. Everything ranging from the housing reconstruction and repair work I did, to energy work, even to dealing with healthcare clinics. So because of my background and doing more of this community-based design work, working with um, communities on housing repairs and recovery efforts, I got asked to see if I could lead up this Build Back Safer 2 project to really get it off the ground. And my supervisor at the time gave me a lot of leeway to really help mold the, the intervention based off of my experience. Working with Native American tribes on housing redesign and reconstruction efforts.
2: What did you notice was the difference in working with Haiti rather than Native Americans?
0: I'd say there's a, I'd say there's more similarities than differences, to be frank. But to answer your direct question, the biggest thing was just being able to establish that sense sense of trust. Um, the the because again, you've got a, a foreign diplomat coming in saying, "Hey, we want to work with you too and try to address these problems and." You want to be able to establish this baseline of trust so everyone knows why you're here and how you're going to engage with them. So we had a series of meetings, uh, 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 of one-on-one chats and then community meetings to really try to understand people's needs, their concerns, and what they were trying to get out of it. That's one way we started to develop trust. But another way is that when they saw how we were actually recruiting members from the community too, whether it's from local masons to carpenters or working through the local entrepreneurs to source the material, that also helped us with that establishing trust because they realized we were keeping the funds in their community, and moreover, we were empowering the community members themselves to lead their recovery efforts as a part of their own journey to self-reliance. So it wasn't just the US government or the Haitian government coming in and saying, "Hey, follow this, use these guys here." We really worked with the local community members to identify their local masons and carpenters, taxidutable work. We engaged community members as they wanted to in some of the actual reconstruction efforts, too. So Some of the community members, they were out there trying to put some of the hurricane straps on or they were working on on their redoing the foundation work at some of those homes. So being able to establish a trust, I think that might be the one of the bigger differences I have experienced and one of the things I had to overcome.
2: Let's get technical. The Build Back Safer 2 initiative does just that. It looks to rebuild while also uh, kind of upgrading the infrastructure and the design and build of buildings and whatnot. Um, How do you make sure that a roof or uh, a house or a building uh, is safer for the next time a hurricane or other natural disaster strikes?
0: So, for any homes that we started to do this work on, we really did in the structural assessment of those homes. I'd included a physical evaluation as well as doing some material testing to really, and also soil analysis to really make sure wherever we're doing an intervention at, these homes actually could stand the weight of these improved roofs. We didn't go to any homes that were really on unstable ground, such as being too close to the ocean or homes that are on a cliffside that may suffer from soil erosion. So, we really took time working with the community members to try to go out and assess these homes. So, we assessed a little bit over 7,200 homes, but we only ended up working on 5,000 homes because it was those 5,000 homes that met our more strenuous requirements for being structurally sound, being a, being in locations that didn't have a lot of soil erosion there. And moreover, we, we also chose home where the homeowners themselves or the community members themselves We're willing to put in some sweat equity to actually do some of the repair work with us. So that's how we address the more technical structural stability side side of choosing which homes to do these interventions on.
2: Dr. Ryan Shelby is a Foreign Service Engineering Officer with the U.S. Agency for International Development. And what other agencies did you work with in this process?
0: Sure. So as you know, the saying many hands make like work in the efforts of Build Back Safe for Two Initiative just wasn't done by myself. We worked a lot with our counterparts in the State Department at the U.S. Embassy there to help us help me really understand the political economy there. I also engaged with the Organization of American States and the Pan American Development Foundation as my main implementing partners on the ground that would help me go out and do the assessment and the purchasing of the material to do the reconstruction work. And then finally, we engaged with the government of Haiti. Everyone from their Ministry of Public Works, Transportation and Communications, MTPTC, also with their with their counterparts in NEPA that focused on wastewater and water sanitation and water infrastructure overall. And we also engage with the Haitian Department of Civil Protection. I I can send you an email with the, the names of these different agencies if you want, so you don't have to look them all up. But the main reason why we did all of this was because we realized that if we want to have this to be sustainable, if we want to ensure these repairs that we were doing, once we left, we're still there. We had to make sure that we were really taking advantage of the local knowledge base that existed in Haiti. Haiti has some amazing infrastructure codes that we worked on helping them redo after the 2010 earthquake that are based off of the International Building Code standards. They've modified them to fit their local conditions, and so we made sure that we were following that as well as working with them to try to improve upon that to incorporate more hurricane-based straps into some of the Roofroom repairs as a design. So when we we're going out there and doing our inspections, it wasn't just USAID. We we're also there with our counterparts from the government of Haiti, as well as engineers from the Pan American Development Foundation. So we were able to do these assessments in tandem. They were involved with us doing the meetings with our community members and with the mayors in that area there. So you can I view this as this overall large international collaboration where you have the US government. Working with the Organization of American States, working with the Pan-American Development Foundation, as well as the Haitian government to identify the needs of the Haitian people and give them the tools and resources and even additional training needed so that they can lead their recovery efforts as a part of their own efforts for our own journey to, to, to more self-reliance, to more self-sufficiency. So they're, they're the ones that we're leading their recovery efforts.
2: From an engineering standpoint, um, as storms um, seem to be happening with more frequency and with more intensity, uh, these islands off the coast of the southeastern shores of uh, the United States, what do you see as the overall mission should be to try and make sure that they are sustainable and prepared for these, like I said, stronger and more frequent storms?
0: I think one of the first things to think about is just site design and site layout. You, we know that hurricanes happen. I mean, we're still in hurricane season. That's something that happens regularly. But being able to pick the locations where you can put the infrastructure in, in, in some cases where you talk about homes or power lines, that's very key. So trying to be able to place these things in locations that are away from things that could turn into flying and falling debris, that's key. In Haiti, for instance, one of the microgrids that we repaired under Build Back Safer too they didn't, that, that microgrid in Lays on didn't get destroyed because of just high winds solely. It got destroyed because those high winds blew a lot of debris towards them. They had their transformers sitting up on large power poles. And so when the wind came in there, that fell down, that damaged a lot of the solar panels. So working on the site design and layout, being able to place your key and critical infrastructure away from some of the danger areas, as well as trying to Clear out the brushes and overfall, removing other debris that could turn into falling objects.
1: Dr. Ryan Shelby is a Foreign Service engineering officer with the U.S. Agency for International Development and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Speaking with Federal News Network's Eric White. There's more to the interview. Head to federalnewsnetwork.com/federaldrive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.